Today on PolicyWise, we'll be taking a listen to the YLI 30 Youth Panel. Speaking on today's panel, we are so excited to introduce our new co-editor and co-host, Raymart Katakutan. Enjoy! Hi everyone, welcome to the YLI 30 Youth Panel. I'm Michael Wiafe, a public policy grad student at Berkeley and the host of PolicyWise, an intergenerational podcast from YLI. And I'm joined today by youth from across our programs. Why don't you all introduce yourselves? Uh, hello, my name is Daphne. I'm currently a student at UC Irvine or University of California, Irvine. Uh, and I joined YLI in the fall of 2019. I am a part of the community of Eastern Coachella Valley. And I'm a member of both Coachella and Incorporated and Que Madre Media. Hi everyone, I'm Alejandra and I'm from Hawaiian Gardens, California. I'm a member of the Youth Community Advocates and I recently joined the Hope Youth Coalition. Hi everyone, I'm Michael Navarro. I'm from Ridley, California and I joined the Friday Night Live team over the pandemic just last year. And I also joined things like the Fresno Residence Council and I'm also part of the Youth Advocacy Leadership League. Thank you. I was good. My name is Raymart. Uh, I'm 21 now, but I joined YLI back in the day, like 2016. And I joined through uh, Fresno Boys and Men of Color, which is now Fresno Redefining Equity Through Policy. And I eventually joined the No Youth Media, Edison Friday Night Live, like Michael, and the My Brother's Keeper internship as well. So, What great introductions. Thank you all so much for being here today to celebrate youth voice and power. At YLI, we make sure young people are at the table making decisions through leadership development, research, storytelling, campaigns, and whatever else our brains can come up with. So let's get into this. You've all had incredible journeys, and I'd love to hear more about what you've learned through them. Raymart, you've been with YLI the longest. You mentioned 2016, which feels so long ago now. That's when I graduated high school, not to date myself a little bit. Uh, What are some of the key things you've learned around leadership development? Oh, man, I've gotten the privilege to have learned so much from my time at YLI through a lot of our successes and a lot of the L's that we've taken and a lot of our youth-led campaigns, things ranging from our Facts Bus Reform uh, Initiative, uh, enforcing SB 190 in Fresno uh, County, which has to do with wiping juvenile fees and keeping ice off FUSD campuses, community gardens, and things like Parks for All. And I think one of the lessons that I've learned is um, just because you're at these committees, you're in these committees or you're sitting at a meeting doesn't necessarily make you a leader. A lot of the leaders are out there doing a lot of the footwork, you know, going from door to door, doing canvassing. And that's some of the stuff that we've done with our Parks for All campaign, which was a multi-year effort, right? So it involved a lot of youth going from door to door in South Fresno, advocating for uh, more funding to come to park spaces. And so we've held events, we had uh, some social media campaigns and it didn't initially pass, but it. What another thing I learned is, you know, a lot of the work that gets put in doesn't initially have the success that you want it to. So it did get appealed. So Measure P ended up passing. Like, so it was a little delayed W, but um, I found that a lot of the work done by young people did pay off and it does pay off whether it passes the first time, second time, as long as you get that word out there. So um Another thing I learned about is that there's an importance to be a leader when you think about what you're passionate about. So I have was back and forth like with majors for my first two years of college and uh, YLI helped me realize what I was really passionate about, which was public health. And now I carry that with me everywhere I go. So 
Um, another thing why like gave me the chance to learn is that there's an importance to take care of yourself because you can't take care of your community if you're not taking care of yourself. So things like mental health, going on retreats, uh, having healing circles, and just changing the stigma around what physical and mental health looks like in our communities have gone a long way in helping me take care of my community. So, Thanks for sharing all of that, Raymart. Policy change does require some patience and persistence, one of the many things we've learned through YLI doing policy-wise. Alejandra, can you tell us about the great work you did to bring smoke-free housing to Hawaiian gardens through youth-led research? Yeah, so I joined YLI about two years ago, and I started working on a coalition that focused on turning multi-unit housing facilities in Hawaiian gardens into smoke-free places. And so we pretty much began by interviewing residents and door knocking and kind of um, hearing their perspective on smoking multi-unit housing. And from there, we found that the majority of residents um, would prefer smoke-free multi-unit housing. And this issue is really important to me because I live in a condominium and I did struggle with childhood asthma. So it's something that's very personal to me. Um, thankfully my neighbors have changed and I'm not around smokers as much anymore, but I know everyone in my community isn't as lucky and there's many, many that are vulnerable to this, um, smoke. And after gathering all the research we could, the coalition created a PSA about the dangers of allowing smoking and multi-unit housing. And I was able to illustrate the art we used, um, in this PSA. And through the help of Jared, I, we were able to animate the art and bring it to life. And as someone that's always been more comfortable expressing myself through art, this allowed me to channel what I had learned into a platform I love. That's so true. It sounds like you've been able to lead change in your community. Thank you, Alejandra. Sharing youth voice is a huge part of what YLI does. Daphne, can you tell us about the storytelling work you've done since you've joined YLI? Yeah, Definitely. Uh, throughout my time in Wailai, like I mentioned, I was part of Coachella Incorporated and Gemadre Media. Uh, through these programs, I, I learned how to self-advocate and how to use Wailai as a platform to get my voice out in the community. With Coachella Incorporated, uh, I was able to focus more on the environmental justice side of, of the projects. Uh, and one of the most memorable ones I was a part of was the Salt and Sea Project. Uh, I was able to learn and report about the Salton Sea somewhere I had never visited before. And I did know that the Salton Sea had caused problems for people in the past and even now, but I didn't know about it before I joined the program. Uh, I didn't know what, what was happening or why or how. Uh, I was able to report and interview a North Shore resident about their living conditions and how the Salton Sea was affecting them and their community. Uh, and I took that interview and created a community zine that shared the stories of community members of the Salton Sea with pictures, uh, poems, illustrations, and other forms of storytelling. Uh, in Que Madre, I was able to focus more on the aspect of mental health. And I was able to interview students uh, about how they were feeling about returning back to school in person. Uh, I interviewed them about their fears and what they possibly needed to feel safe when they went back to school. And due to COVID, I did fear and I worried for everybody's mental health, which is why I decided to interview a therapist who gave me tips to share about how to maintain one's mental health during quarantine and while at home and 
these are just some of the projects I have done, but I definitely plan on being a part of one. Community building, storytelling, and self-preservation sound like they are core to what you've been able to do with YLI. Michael, I'd love to turn to you. Can you share with us a little bit about the mental health campaign that you've worked on? Yes. So I had joined the Friday Night Live Club um, just last year over the pandemic. And my friend had originally just texted me just saying like, hey, you should come and join these meetings. And so I did just to see how it went. I joined the first one. And ever since then, I had actually enjoyed just kind of being able to work on things like that, where you can just campaign for bettering either youth or whatever we chose to do. So Throughout the year, we had spent a few trainings, a few meetings on just how to be a community organizer and how to campaign for the things that we wanted. So we were able to choose our own campaign, and we chose ours on the abuse of drugs and alcohol, and we were able to tie that into mental health. So essentially what we tried to get into was, especially during the pandemic, being torn away from school, no longer having access to your social life and seeing your friends as much, or even with schoolwork, having that direct help that you get from your teachers, we no longer had access to that. And when we were first told of the first two weeks of no school, we were all like, yay, no school, it's a big break, Uh, must have been so fun. But then that very quickly turned into a months of no school. And that is very draining. I feel like a lot more draining than having to go to school every day, because It's very easy to fall into a depressive state and just not do any work or not even go to the Zoom meetings just because it's a click of a button and you don't have to do it. So we made sure to kind of campaign against having so much stress that you have to be able to resort to alcohol or any kind of drugs just to try to get rid of some of that. Uh, We try to make sure that the youth knew that there were people there for them and that they were not alone. So that's kind of what our campaign was for that. And we also had created a pledge for parents to take um, to make sure that they were there for their children, listening to their needs and making sure that they're doing what they need to do. Not only that, but just kind of being an ear in case their children need to ever talk about anything. And so that was some of my work with YLI. But then I had also joined the Fresno's Residence Council. Um, YLI has their own little group in there. And so I was able to be a part of that. And on there, we get to work on some problems in a bigger area all over Fresno County. And so there we work on, or we were focusing on just some of the problems such as um, digital literacy, broadband access, and childcare. All three of those were especially important during the pandemic, especially with having your children home and parents still having to go to work. They'd have to worry about who's going to be watching their children, making sure that they still do their schoolwork. And then the broadband access and digital literacy, not many people knew how to work the internet or not even people have that much great internet. So we're kind of trying to focus on these issues and we're trying to create new policies that we can hopefully implement sometime in December when we have a big community meet. And so that was just some of my work. Thank you. That initial impact of COVID was unprecedented. So many young people learned on the job how to support the challenges of the community and to push for a better future. Thank you all so much for sharing your experiences with us. Before we wrap up, is there anything else you'd like to say to the adults watching about the importance of supporting Youth Voice? Michael, why don't we start with you? Essentially, just listening to us and kind of allowing us to make the mistakes while we still can, where it maybe might not even be that big of a deal, where if you were to just mess up on a little thing, whereas as an adult, it becomes much more serious. But I think as of right now, we need to be heard, especially since um, the younger generations, we are going to have control over the world, not control like world domination, but 
we're kind of trying to make the world better for them. And so if we can actually listen to what they want, then maybe we can actually make it great for them. And Daphne? Um, the biggest thing um, I would want adult allies to know is probably that we are still works in progress and we're learning as we go and we're going to make mistakes and we need to allow ourselves the space to make those mistakes. And just the fact that the ability to make mistakes is and learn from them is our real power. Alejandra, what about you? Um, so I don't want adults to know that teenagers um, shouldn't be undermined. I feel like many times because of our age, um, like our opinions and our words are taken um, like lightly. And I think that teenagers have really good ideas and we're very open-minded. So that makes us very good problem solvers. And if we're given the opportunity, we have a lot of potential to create change. And last but definitely not least, is there anything else that you'd like to say, right, Mark? For me, it would just be to listen wholeheartedly. The stories that young people have shouldn't be treated as things that just boost a specific agenda because it's real. Like young people are more aware of the change that they want to see than what people think. And for me, I was fortunate enough to have the No Youth Media where I could write about the stories that I wanted to see in my community. But not all people have that. And young people are also defensive and have issues in trusting that their voices are going to be properly heard. But me, I guess you could consider me like a little grown man adult too now, but I just don't see how as an adult, you could, you won't at least lend an ear when you see the work that Daphne, Alejandra, and Michael have been able to do with little resources other than the passion that they have for the issues that they see in their community. Wow. All such great insights on supporting youth voice. What I really want adults and professionals to know about supporting our voice is to stop seeing us as people who are inexperienced or uninformed on the reality of the world. Think more about supporting younger versions of yourselves who also had dreams and passions, who also idealized on what can be, not just what is. Sometimes it might be too easy to remember when you've been shut down or when you were a young person and didn't have the same opportunity and believe that that's how it should work, that that's the reality of the world. I instead encourage adults to feed into that curiosity and, again, a desire to view the world not only as it is and how it presents itself and more like what it can be and more about how we could think about the future and future generations. Thank you so much to Alejandra, Daphne, Michael, and Raymart for all your work at YLI and for being part of this panel. If you want to hear more youth discussion, then check out PolicyWise, an intergenerational policy podcast that I and others host. It's on all major podcast players. Happy birthday, YLI. Happy, Happy birthday, birthday, YLI. <laughs> this was PolicyWise, an intergenerational podcast by Youth Leadership Institute focused on bringing young people into the policy conversation. Follow us on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter at PolicyWisePod. If you have any questions or suggestions for discussion topics, please email us at policywise at yli.org and stay tuned for upcoming episodes.